was meeting with this man who was, you know, he's a visionary and he's changing the way that the reefs are possibly saving our, a big part of saving our planet. And here I was able to shine a spotlight on that because of social media. Welcome to the Social Fabric Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Splendori, and this week my guest is Danielle Golick. Danielle lives in Wexford, Pennsylvania, and I had the pleasure to meet her while she was visiting Ireland last summer. She listened to a couple of podcasts, including mine with the Happy Pair Twins. You can find them in the archives. And that made up her mind to visit my hometown of Greystones. Danielle is a very interesting person with a real interest in community, the environment, and the betterment of society. You will find some of the links in the show notes about the work she's been doing with planting corals and other environmentally focused activities. We had this conversation over the internet, so the equality is not as good as I would have liked, but I'm still happy to put it out and celebrate Thanksgiving with a US guest. Just a quick note to let you know that I'm going to host my first live podcast on the 30th of January 2020 in the Whale Theatre in Greystones, County Wicklow. I have a number of guests on the night already confirmed and a couple more that might come on board. The topic is sea swimming and we will dissect the pros and cons of cold water swimming with Q&A at the end. I hope to see you there. Tickets are available on welltier.ie. You can find full episodes and more episodes on socialfabric.ie, iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you get a chance, please download, share and especially Leave a review and a few stars on iTunes. It really helps to progress this podcast. The program is also broadcast every Monday at 4.30pm on Near FM 90.3. If you want to get in touch with the program, suggest topics or people that I should be talking to, please email me at infosocialfabric.ie or on Instagram and Twitter. Much appreciated and I hope you'll enjoy. Can I call you up a while We could reminisce on old days and we could talk a while Just sit and talk a while It's so long now Okay, so we get you started. So how do you pronounce uh, your second name actually, Danielle? It's Golic or Golic. It's Croatian. They say it Golic. One grandparent said it one way and my dad says it Golic. So I just always say I'm Danielle Golic. There you go. That's a start. It's the... funny that I really I get asked that all the time, and there's two pronunciations that my family directly uses. Nobody says it the same way. There you yeah. go. So I don't feel too bad. So Danielle Golic. No, not at all. Don't feel bad. <laughs> I don't even know how to say my own last name. Well, I tell you what, we're gonna start because I was trying to work out where I want to go with this, and then I think we're gonna start from social media, okay? And I tell you where, okay. because effectively that's how we kind of mesh. Yes. Yeah, like through social media, you you were following. I just tell me a bit about actually how how we ended up meeting each other, but like through the medium of social media, and then what brought you here in Ireland and all of that. Okay, so uh, yes, I I'm a vegetarian, and I think through the Rich Roll podcast, I heard the Boys on the Happy Pair, and they were just I started listening to them and following them, and then uh, they're just joyful right it's happy to see them in the morning and when their day i would you know you wake up in bed and you start scrolling through your phone you see them i'm like oh i should get up and exercise <laughs> i should go do something but they so i followed them and then you were on their podcast or just on their social media as their friend and then i think you had them on a podcast so i saw the name and the name of course resonated with me because i always say that we are our lives are like tapestries and i got exactly what well at least what i thought you were saying with social fabric where it makes up a community but i think individually i always say well i'm a tapestry and we have some threads yarns are bigger and thicker like my son is you know a very important part of the design and then you have these other little things that make up the big picture but probably aren't as prominent so i just started listening to your podcast and then i had always wanted to come to ireland i was fortunate to travel a lot of places but ireland was always at the top of the list and finally i just decided to and reached out and said i'll be there so that's what we did this past summer and it was great it was a really good time and we swam and froze in the cold Irish sea but enjoyed every second and I would come back in a minute I would live there I loved it 
Yeah, and that's that's what I I really liked about that because um, I can't remember you sent me a message or something about I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was very much a case of oh I'll be there if you're around, well maybe we meet up. Yeah. And I thought oh yeah that's a great thing, and then you you took some advice from us somewhere to go, where not to go, and what have you. Yeah. Okay. And, and I just thought I thought it, like because I'm always very very um. I don't really like social media to a point, but then all of a sudden things like that happen where you find a group of friends here uh, very quickly yes. that you just met online at some point, you know. What changed that, the trip? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was my favorite part. And people say that, and I always say sitting around having a beer with you and your friends and your wife was one of my favorite parts because <laughs> it was so authentic and it didn't feel like I was paying admission to see something that somebody had curated. It was just actually enjoying a place. And I think those are always my favorite memories of traveling or sitting down, having a meal, even with the people I've gone with. I do like the tourist side of things, but I think it's the experiences. And if I could spend a summer somewhere, that would be my ideal because you really get to know the area and the people. So yeah, that was wonderful. And I loved where we stayed and just our downtime you know my favorite parts were the things that I necessarily wasn't seeing the I don't know the cliffs or the walk or whatever those were all enjoyable but it was the the time with you guys that I enjoyed the most we really loved it great uh, yeah so that's the positive aspect of uh, social media I suppose and then yes. and then it just from what is to stay on that subject from what you saw online because I have this love-hate relationship with social media because we all post stuff and for yes. whatever reason. But this, for what you saw and what you experienced, was it a much of a difference? Uh, were you were you were you pleased with what you found? Yes, very much so. It was very much in line with what you saw, the sense of community in the morning for the swim rise and just Greystones being a very community-centric uh, place where people, the people are the focus. It wasn't a particular site again that you went to see. I feel the same way about social media. I always say um, it's not Facebook, it's fake book because we're just putting our best version of ourselves out there. And there's beauty in that. I've had friends that I've connected with in real life who have said, I thought you had, you know, unicorns and rainbows in your backyard. And I said, <laughs> because we were actually talking about things that were going on in my life. And this is several years back. And I said, no, but I'm not going to put that stuff out there because it's not your business unless you're actually my friend. And then also, you know, I'll be out at a store and I'll see somebody that I'm quote friends with on social media and we don't even say hello to each other. And I'm like, and I just think delete because you can't say hi to me. You don't get to see my vacation photos or whatnot. So I struggle with it too. And at the same time, it has changed my life, which I'm sure we'll talk about even with what I'm doing now, even professionally. So okay. if we can just harness the music for good and not evil, it'd be a very, very good thing. For Great. example, you know, us connecting too. So, okay. Yes. Yeah, Fantastic. Well, let's start with your first uh, track, which was 10,000 Maniacs. What's the matter? Here. Yes, I love that song. I was when you asked me to pick the songs, you know, I struggled with this the most because I thought these aren't necessarily my favorite songs, but they define certain times and moments in my life. And I love this album I discovered when I was 16, and I listened to it over and over and over. And a lot of my friends were into maybe rap or hip hop, and I never got into that, but I loved this so much. She was so cool, and the stories, each song told a story. And when I revisited this album i started listening again and i love it just as much as i did 30 years ago i love it it's really good that young boy without a name anywhere i'd know his face in me city the kids my favorite i've seen and seen him i see him every day seen him Well, okay. Well, before we get to how things, as your life, your life changed through social media, let's go back to the very beginning and give me an idea of what, who we're talking to. Because, uh, as you say, we're talking to each other over the internet, and you're in Pittsburgh. Right. You're in Pittsburgh, right? That's that's yes. where you are. Okay, Pittsburgh, so Pennsylvania, yes. yeah. So tell us, tell us about Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and growing up there, and, and, and a bit of 
bio? It's a great town. I think that we realized after visiting my friend and her daughter were with my son and I in Ireland that the people are very similar. There's people are overwhelmed by the kindness of people in Ireland. That was one thing that Americans tend to say their their hospitality and overall kindness. And I think people in Pittsburgh are the same way. It's always voted a very friendly city. It's being discovered through tech because uh, Carnegie Mellon and Google and Uber all have offices here now, but it's beautiful. It's hilly and green. Um, Pennsylvania means Penn's Woods, and it's very similar to Ireland. I, they're different and beautiful in their own right, but it's wonderful. And I grew up here, and I used to, I always think staying here is great because it's a starting point to be able to travel affordably because it's not New York prices and far like California is, but I, I do love it. I love it even more the older I get. So, yeah, I do. I, and I actually live in a town called Wexford, which is... Oh, very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Wexford. And so, did you grow up in Wexford? No, I grew up just north of here in a place that was all farming, farmland, and now it's suburban. It's called Cranberry. And uh, a lot of Pittsburgh is being developed, and it's a good and a bad thing. There are a lot of things coming here, but it's a very ethnic town. You have small... It's not... I'm not necessarily comparing it to New York, but you do have your Germantown, you have Deutschtown, you have the Italian area, Bloomfield, you have um, my family were Croatian and Irish and very, very strong ties. I always think you can get a great loaf of Italian bread here. We, it, Everybody's very, very dedicated to their um, ethnic background because we're sometimes just a generation or two off. It's a very strong immigrant town. And yes, I, I love it and grew up here just in the suburbs, but that ethnicity stays with everybody. We have, you know, little Italy days and we have all, we celebrate that very much here. So, and, and, uh, the, so, and then through, after that, did you, did you go to college? Did you move out of prison? I did. I went to college in the state of Pennsylvania and I sort of followed my friends. I went to university. I did, I went, I wanted to be a Marine biologist and I ended up not doing so well the first semester and having more fun and then I changed my major to an English major because I did like writing and reading but that was I had uh, professors who saw everything from a certain perspective I didn't agree with and then I this was in 1991 to 95 so I was the I played around on my friend's computer all the time. So I thought, I'll just go into computers. And I did that just to graduate. And I would lug my big gateway back and forth, like the big one. I was the only person that had a computer. We didn't have them. So I would lug it back and forth. And I graduated with my degree um, in information systems. And then I got a job for a, at a local, it was a startup at the time called Four Systems. They did uh, ATM, asynchronous transfer modes, network switches. So I was in their help desk, so I got to know everybody at the company, and then I was chosen to do, be a software trainer for the worldwide team. I had no idea what sales forecasting was, but they're like, she's single and has nobody worried about her, <laughs> let's send her out on the road. So next thing, I was on planes to Tokyo, to Hong Kong, I was traveling all over the world teaching these people some of them didn't even speak English. <laughs> so I was teaching them how to do sales forecasting. And then the company was acquired and then there were layoffs and I was part of that. And I had hundreds of thousands of traveler miles. So I thought I'll just go off and travel. And then 9-11 happened and nobody wanted to go anywhere. And we were all terrified to leave yeah. the States. We didn't know where we were safe. It was, I, you know, I remember I had just been let go and like part of big layoff so I had a severance I was getting paid and I just sat on the edge of my bed when that happened watching the twin towers in New York get hit it was devastating you, you did I was telling we were just in New York last weekend and we walked past the the site and I was trying to explain to my son who's 14 I said it was so overwhelming emotionally of course because while I didn't know anybody there it just you didn't know where you were safe we didn't necessarily have the internet and the constant feed of information we had the television so you just sort of walked around not knowing what was going to happen next so that being said i stayed put in pittsburgh and didn't travel too much and um i was also i believe engaged to somebody at the time who was a very nice man that i didn't marry but uh 
I ended up opening a store out of nowhere after that. I had uh, gone to a store that I loved in Pittsburgh called Hot Hot Hot, and a storefront opened around the corner from there. And I thought, oh, I love my dogs. I'm going to open a store. So I had I don't know how or why I decided. I think I used my tax return for the first month's rent, and I opened a store called Funky Puppy. And I had that for a couple, maybe a couple of years. And uh, then it keeps going, so I can keep going and tell you what was next. But I ended up a single mother. I ended up with uh, different jobs and back into offices. And then I wanted to be at home where so I could take care of Miles, my son, or at least be here when he got home from school. And so I came back into the technology world. So did a leap. But well, okay, we'll get there. We'll get there in a second. So yeah, I know. <laughs> that's okay. That's that's, that's at least not all at once. That's good. That's good. So, so then the next song you have is um, "See the Sun" by Dido. Yeah, well, that is good timing. Actually, that was around that time. I love this song so much. It reminds me of that time. Uh, after when Miles was born, his father and I were not together, and we he I loved him dearly. I was crushed just with everything that had happened and that we weren't and and I think there's more to it but there was my side his side all that that song just reminds me of my friends the friends that I'm close with now really rallied around me and they just showed up and part of that song where she's like I promise you'll see the sun again these people that I didn't even know that well just sort of came out and they're my best friends today you met Cheryl was Mm -hmm. one of them in Mm -hmm. Ireland and just my friends just showed up and they were like you'll Sharon they they were like you will be okay you it, it wasn't I was never in the dark depths where you know not to belittle people who reach the point where they don't see tomorrow I wasn't ever there I just I didn't know which end was up I my world had been turned upside down and so my friends showed up and we play we listened to the Dido album all the time too and loved it but that song in particular I think is so beautiful that you know like come on get up you can do this you'll be fine i promise you it was worth it even though you don't see it now it will be okay that's what that song reminds me of i'm coming round to open the blinds you can't hide here any longer my god you need to rinse those Well, let's stay with Miles for a second because um, that was another thing I was curious. Like I met him, a lovely, lovely chap, lovely lad, yes, and he uh, it, it, it looks, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, he's very. Oh, well, obviously he was quite reserved when I met him, but I'm sure he's, he's a bit more. Uh, but <laughs> and uh, you just said there that you're no longer you weren't with his father and and what, right. what's um when I was looking through the social media you obviously you do post a lot of stuff and it, it, I like it there's a lot of happy stuff going on and then you know uh-huh. there seemed to be quite a good friendship going on there what has it been like as a single mom and what's it like in the states as a single mom is it easy or well, his dad is present he does see his dad he's a great dad and he loves him he's a good good dad to him but um I think that the first few years of it was it was driven by emotion between us of being angry and i it took me god probably under 10 years to get there's my side of the story there's his side of the story and then the truth lies in between you know Mm -hmm. i know that we both believe our truth but neither one of us are 100 percent accurate so being a single parent he may argue and say i i was there too just to give that disclaimer if he ever hears that it's true (laughs) he does he does love miles and is there but but it's I, working from home was invaluable, and my friends, uh, my friend Sharon was, she says she was the nanny, but she, I don't even know that I ever paid her, but she, when I would have to go to work, she took care of Miles, and to this day, they're exceptionally close. Um, it took a village, so I had that around me. I didn't ever have to, fortunately, turn to support from government or anything like that. I was always working. But my family's supportive as well. My sister was there. Um, I had two sisters and a brother, and they everybody was there and helping. So I was fortunate, and Miles has always been, and his dad has a large family that 
supports them too. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't alone in it. It was just, it's different. I think that you always have the perspective of when you're pregnant, it feels like everybody's married and pregnant. When my have friends who have not been able to have children and they feel like the whole world has babies. It's always your perspective that you're looking at it where I was a single mother, it felt like everywhere I looked, there were families. Those are the things that would bum me out. But to this, I now have the hindsight to look at it and be like, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. All of those things that happened were wonderful. I'm so glad it happened the way it did. But in the moment, I was thinking, I didn't know how to get out of it. I didn't know. We were. It was a custody thing, too. We were arguing for the sake of arguing. And that, you know. Yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Sure, yeah. No, it, it, I guess because I remember growing up watching American movies and there was the divorce lawyers and you know, I, I never heard divorce growing up in Italy yeah. and and now in Ireland, I don't know what the, the statistics are, but we do have an issue with a lot of people separating, divorcing and yeah. and, and, and um, a lot of children growing up single parent and but it's be, it's, it's almost normalized because it's, there's a lot of families and they're no longer together and so I was just more curious, even curious about it, Miles, how he lived it through school and was it an issue or was it just a normal life? Yeah, it was because I moved to an area where this good school district was and his dad stayed in the city where he had to commute. So we had this ongoing custody battle where the we were fighting for this. I wish we hadn't done it. I look back now and think the time and the emotional toll, the financial toll, we both it, I wish we had put him at the forefront and you know there was a people made fun of Gwyneth Paltrow when she said consciously uncoupling but I think it was so brilliant because if you can consciously make an effort and if there are children and you just put them at the forefront of that mm. and say our differences should have let's let's just think about what's best for the kids people all of my friends that are going through separations or divorce or single parents they're the emotion that's tied to it because you're talking about your most precious thing when these kids are under 10 probably and you want the possession of them the the thing that got me that to this day i never wanted to be a parent half of the time i never thought that in my life and that's the struggle that you wish you shouldn't have to make that decision. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't ever have. You shouldn't have to make accommodation to that. Not decision, but it wasn't my choice to do this half the time. So I was so angry and so bitter, and I was mad that when I would send him off, I was. It was like sending him into an abyss. I wouldn't hear. I wouldn't know what was he doing. Mm-hmm. And then you start to feel like you're grilling your child, saying, "What did you do?" And you're not necessarily. At, it's you start to feel like you're digging about the parent, but you just want to know what did did you do what did you eat how was school and they're like i don't know well it was fine you know they they're being kids and i wish i'd had the wherewithal there's no book on it there's something i read that said never talk about your parents other parent negatively because you're insulting half of that child and i thought that was really good and that Mm. always stayed in the back of my mind but I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't difficult to be a single parent. There were just moments when you felt like the rest of the world was in a stable sure. family, but we all know that's not true. Like Absolutely. everybody's, you know, putting on a game brave face, but the truth is uh looking back on it now, it was perfect and beautiful, but when I was in it, it felt I was I felt cheated of the experience. But I realized I had a better one, or one that completely suited me. But, you know, that's wisdom that comes with age, right? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, you did a great job. He's a great kid. So that's good. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, Zach Brown, yeah. highway, to, highway to 20, right? That's exactly what, yeah, it pertains to what I was saying. It, there's part of that song that says it's about a dad that's driving back and forth every week, giving the kid a ride and he would have him half the time and there's a line in there that says you know I hope you don't resent me your mom and I just couldn't get along and then but my favorite line in there is um it was the pleasure of my life to raise him you and I cherish every time and then it says my whole world begins and ends with you and that was what I related to that so much because I hated that drive I hated taking him down if he didn't want to go and you had to just put on a face and be like, you're going to have so much fun. It's going to be great. And 
Meanwhile, you were dying inside. You were just crushed. And his dad's family had been some of my best friends and they just cold cut me out immediately. Um, some did not. And to this day, I remain close with them and value and love them so much for not cutting me out. But, oh, it was crushing. I hated that drive. But that song, you just hope your kid looks back as an adult and is like, she loved me. And I know he knows I did. <laughs> you know, we're, we're exceptionally close. And he's my priority to travel with him and take things. To, I always say we might have a small house, but we have a big life. And every year, that's why we came to Ireland and Italy the year before. I just want him to experience things yeah. so that when he's making, you know, $10 an hour and can't go anywhere, <laughs> he'll be like, but I did, I did it then. <laughs> I ride east every other Friday. But if I had it my way, a day would not be wasted on this drive. And I want so bad to hold you. Son, there's things I haven't told you Your mom and me couldn't get along So I drive And I think about my life And wonder why And that's interesting because that, that was my next question about traveling And that you do do quite a lot of traveling you like your travel and you do like to experience traveling in a way that is not your usual two weeks away in five-star hotel or what have you tell me where that come from is it is is it because of um where you grew up or is it is it something in the family because you're americans are not very well known as great travelers no no <laughs> my first it was um my the first job i got at the great company the great startup um very less than six months into it I had one of my best friends growing up went to Australia and she stayed there and I was really 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 close with my grandparents and my pap uh said you need to go to Australia while she's there when else are you going to have this time to do this and know somebody and I said I know I just started this job though I'm out of not even out of college a year and he said no you have to go I'll pay for your ticket and he uh I remember going to my boss, who to this day I'm so thankful, Ed Gallagher. He said, I said, I, I want to go to Australia, but I don't want to go for a week. That doesn't even make sense. I don't even have two weeks. I'm going to go for three or four. And he said, oh, all right. Well, I can't pay you that whole time. I don't know if you can do this. I said, well, if this isn't my vacation notice. This is my two weeks. And he said, no, you can go. And from that, I just love to travel just to experience everything there's you just don't get a gratification you don't get the gratification of seeing a picture of something like sitting there smelling it hearing the noise and I just want to go everywhere so I did travel in college a bit I went on a tour of Europe before graduating but uh, Australia I went for a while and then from there I just realized that nothing you can buy in your house is going to give you the joy or memories of travel and experience so from miles being not even a year old i took him everywhere he went to new york when he was about a year he's gone to fiji new zealand um, and there are opportunities that other people have graciously presented to us it's not been because we do save up and we go to ireland or italy but i think people in the states not all of them but sometimes can think we're going to go on vacation we're going to go to the beach we're going to rent a house and so i looked at that and it's cheaper to go to rent a villa in Luca than it was to go to North Carolina with a bunch of people. So, and again, there's two of us and we can share a room. I understand people with larger families maybe don't have that, but the, the, you don't have to spend the money either. You don't have to get the meal package. You can stick crackers in your bag or, you know, <laughs> take your Tervis tumbler to the Bahamas and buy alcohol or whatever you do. But there are ways to travel that I think we, we adapt to we we've stayed in rooms um in ireland that there were beds on top of each other and then we've stayed in castles and they cost the same so it's just the internet's an invaluable tool to research where you can go and how you can do it so yes i want to go everywhere all of the time i don't know where's next but we think about it and try and make it happen great and um do you think uh, because i remember having this conversation with you when you were here obviously by traveling you seen things like, you know, you're very fond of, of Ireland and what you saw here. And, and I remember having a coffee with you and Cheryl saying, 
oh, we should have this in in our Wexford in our town. You know, we should have. It. So that's that's I suppose. Do you, do you think do you think um, Miles is getting that as well? Is he oh, getting yes. that? Like is 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 broadening his 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 view on what's going on around his his area. Absolutely. Yes, he. I offered next summer. I said because I work from home. I said, do you want to just get a beach house? He loves the the sea, and he said. I said, do you want to just get a house in maybe Florida and spend the summer, take the dog down there? And he said, no, I want to go to another country. So he'd rather do that for two or three weeks than a whole summer somewhere. And we were in Fiji and we were in a real, it's a third world country, these small little villages. They have, I I say nothing, um, not meaning they have, they have everything, but materialistically, they have, they have not the things we have. And their houses are, you know, boards or sheets. And we were walking through there and he said, I want to, he was just very quiet. And he said, I want to, I want to live here. I think I want to come back here. He loved it. He loved the sense of people being outside the sense of community. And I think that's what we love about small towns or even Europe. It's their walking communities. They're not driving everywhere. And we lose that here. I do live in a really great small town, but people aren't walking anywhere. We, We try to do it, but then it's often quicker to hop in the car. And I think that's what Greystones has too. You can walk, people walk everywhere. It's great. Yeah. No, it's I would like that. Okay. Now, Michelle Williams, Tie Rope. Yes. So that's from the movie, the Hugh Jackman movie, The Greatest Show. Yeah, yeah. And I think that the song, when you first hear it, it's about a couple. And I know I'm talking so much about Miles, but that's my world. So that Uh song, uh, I loved it so much because it was... It re- I related to him thinking, well, what, this isn't the life that most people choose. Um, some people want, you know, when you listen to the beginning of it, it sounds like some people long for these certain stable things. And that's just not the life we've chosen. And sometimes it's walking a tightrope. And sometimes we don't know what, you know, where I'll be working next fall or what. The- we've been in situations where I'm like, we have $40 and I'm not sure. But he doesn't know that. But the point is, we've made sacrifices and we've also had it's feast or famine and but it's a tightrope and we just both balance each other out and it's been glorious i know he's gonna go off eventually and have his own life that's my hope for him but in the meantime right now he's walking a tightrope with me and it's a beautiful view and it's a it's wonderful so that's what that song i love it i know it's about her to her husband but it reminds me of the unconventional life we have that is simple and planned Tied with a ribbon Some people won't sell the sea Cause they're safer on land To follow what's written But I'd follow you To the great unknown Of to a world we Okay, well then, tell me about your unconventional life, about your your work, because uh, now I'm curious that you can go and spend three weeks or three months in Florida and work. So, when when so, when can I apply? I know, I know. It's, been a, it's been a long, crooked road to get here. It's not, I don't know if I could give direction. Um, so I was always in technology, and again, then I left and went and opened my own shop. That's why. To this day, if everybody could support small business, I really believe in that. There's comfort or knowing you can order something off of Amazon and have it in two days. But when you're in a small store, you need to support them, even if it's one thing or if it's a gift for somebody next Christmas. It's so important. I remember having Funky Puppy and people coming in saying, you can get that at Walmart. And I wanted to dive across the counter and tackle them because I'm like, I can't even buy it for what Walmart is selling it for. A funky, sorry so to stop you. Funky, funky Puppy was um, a pet store, a pet it was accessories. Retail of anything that was, it was gourmet dog treats okay, and okay. anything that art that was related to yeah. loving your dog or cat. Just a gift shop. But uh, so after that, I went into retail. I oversaw um, some stuff at a women's accessories company and the sales side of things. And then then from there then I jumped back into technology and so I was in that for a while and I had all work from home jobs and 
with acquisitions and layoffs and all that, it was constantly changing. Every two years, it became like, I lost my job. They've, they've merged or, you know, they did away with this position. And it just got exhausting. So a couple of years ago, I started working for somebody that I knew that did. He wanted writing and online um he just needed help editing things and he has review sites and a lot of affiliate advertising. So I did that. And out of the blue, he one day said, can you talk? I don't have a job for you anymore. (laughs) I'll give you a great recommendation. It's just, we're not making money off of what you're doing. So you're done. And I, again, felt, Oh my God, what am I going to do? You know, as in a single income, you get, you're relying on yourself. I was never living extravagantly or beyond my means but you sometimes you get a comfort level where maybe you buy something you can pay off next month or whatnot and then things began to spiral with I didn't know how and when I was where I'd be working next what I wanted to do I was in my 40s you start to feel like trying to find a job at this point there's 20 year olds coming out that know more than you do but you're like no no no, I do know experience I can't put a a price tag on that, but I, it's worth it, but it's hard. It was very, very hard to look for a job again and figure out what I wanted to do. So from that, I started to do my own thing for people. I started, everybody had told me I, they liked my writing style. So I started to write for people. I started to do marketing. A few people needed help with social media marketing. And then I have a friend in the entertainment industry that I've known since 2003 and um, he was on a very successful television show, one of my best friends. And I called him and I said, your website, your this, your that are all bad. Like, you need, <laughs> you need help, help. You. Just let me at least do this. And he, he said, okay, we'll sort it out. Well, now I do everything for him. And he's ringing now. And um, he, it's become where it's an assistant, but marketing will be out and have like, this is my publicist. I'm like, is that what I am today? <laughs> and he's just one of my best friends. And he, we have, we're building up projects together. And because he has such a far reach on, um, he was on, I don't, it, I actually was in Scotland with him years ago, but I don't know if Ty Pennington, he has a, uh, yeah, he has, he had a popular American television show. So people recognize him and will do things with him. And he has a big reach on social media. And this is where things change. So I came across a BBC video on a gentleman that was doing coral restoration. And he had found a way to microfragment these corals and grow them much quicker than we've been able to. It took, what took 10 years was taking two to get to the same size. There's, of course, more science to it than what I just simplified it to. But... So the BBC did a, and National Geographic did a quick video on him, and I was going to post it and share it with my 800 friends. <laughs> and instead I thought, no, I'm putting this on his wall because more people need to see this. Well, it, the, they reached out to him, which was me, on this Facebook page and said, thank you so much for sharing if you're ever in Florida. I told him about it and he, he of course saw it before I posted it. But because of that, we ended up going down there, getting a team together and making a documentary about it. I was, I couldn't believe it because back from wanting to be a marine biologist to graduate here, I was finally getting this opportunity and I was meeting with this man who was, you know, he's a visionary and he's changing the way that the reefs are possibly saving our a big part of saving our planet and here i was able to shine a spotlight on that because of social media so that's where things changed but then they've even changed more so from that um there it's plant a million corals is the name of the this gentleman wants to plant a million corals before he's done so from that he has a business advisor in the past month that put there was an, an a Monaco Better World Forum in New York last month, and he had invited Ty because we'd done the video. I called the guy just to say, I'm trying to find out if he can make it. He and I started talking, and he said, can you attend? I'm like, of course I can attend. <laughs> I would be happy to attend. And from that, he, we went to this, and I was talking with um, Jean-Michel Cousteau, and 
National Geographic photographers. And then this week, I actually partnered with them and started working with them. And this Paul Nicklin, um, they're going to make these plant a million corals experiences in uh, resort and island towns that, so not only are the, they're going to be able to feed themselves monetarily right. so that they can they can keep planting the corals but people can participate in it so you pay to join the excursion but you're also doing good okay. so it's i think it's just starting to take off crazy all the things are falling into place but you know i had been offered i also worked for a tech company writing for them and doing marketing on a part-time basis and i they kind of toyed with the idea did you want to go full-time and i knew i didn't because I love having the flexibility in my life. So I declined it. And the next day, all of this came. It Brilliant. was like you shut one door and you make room and the universe is like, there you go. Here is what you have. So I've had this week of crying because everything that I want, and most happy crying yeah. because all of the things that I wanted took a long time to get there, but I feel so happy. I wanted flexibility to travel, to make a difference. And I'm meeting with these people that are at the forefront of what they're doing for the the climate and for the oceans and it's just you just stop and pause and think it took a really long time but it happened and i firmly believe in saying out loud to anyone your four walls or writing it down that this is what i want i didn't know that this this job didn't exist okay. i just knew i wanted something creative and that made a difference that would allow me to travel and if you're specific in what you think i really now believe it comes to you i'm sure of it brilliant brilliant yeah <laughs> yeah and um i'll ask you a couple of more things on that but so the next song my own two hands ben harper yeah. and, and uh, jack johnson that's perfect your own two it hands is, that's exactly it that's exactly i think that we can become overwhelmed by the thought of making a difference you know it's not your you're, you're not plastic straw or taking your shopping bag. Those should all be things we do to make a difference. But it's you can make a difference with your own two hands. And I am not going to plant a million corals, but I can tell people about it. I can be a part of that process. Your own two hands are the most valuable tools that you have. Um, whether it's what you type. I always say, you know, if I got a tattoo here, some people have that what would jesus do i would put like what would miles do because if i led with whatever i wrote typed whoever's hand i shook whatever if i did it with my child in mind so that i could look them in the eye i could look at him and be happy and mindful of what i was doing i think your hands are your they're 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 invaluable and you have the capability to make a difference and it's very true that you know a stone becomes a ripple become it's it, yeah, it's yeah. very very true and we all make a difference in our own way and i think that being people can very easily be dismissive of their capability but your extreme your mind your hands are extremely powerful i can change the world with my own two hands make it a better place with my own Get a kind of place with my own two hands, with my own, with my own two hands. I can make peace on earth. No, without going too political, but you know, we 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 we, we are. <laughs> No, but we are fascinated on this side of the pond about what's going on in the States in the last few years. But what I, more so than talking about your career, but I'd like to know, and it obviously it goes back to what you're doing now with work, I'd like to know what has it been like over the last few administrations and what, is it really has, has it been really dash dramatic as we see it from this side or... Yeah, what's happening there now? What was happening 10 years ago? And is it that bad? Is it, is it that much happening? It is. Okay. It's not a daily thing where you're being accosted at the grocery, sure. you know, based on political views. And again, bringing social media to the forefront of the conversation, it puts a lot of people's opinions that people are, we have a term here, I don't know if you do armchair quarterback, yeah, yeah. where you, yeah. Well, we call it something else, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody 
is very informed from behind their keyboard and they're very quick to say whatever they think is important. They don't think we, one of the things I always think is think of before I do something is if you knock over one domino, it's going to keep going and going and going and going. And some people say things just for, they put the headline out there and my own parents have done stuff, not with bad intention, but they'll be like, did you hear? I'm like, I believe you heard that. Could we go and check? to see what the fact, it just takes a quick search. There's more to the story. I, I miss Obama. <laughs> so, okay. in that role. But I try really hard to respect my friends and family that would vote for Trump. I want to understand why. And I do believe, which many people, he may have done some good things. And I try to but they're, they're overshadowed by the way he talks, the things that he has done that are so awful. His delivery is terrible, but I think that people want to see change. And so he's doing it in this fast, quick way and, or take no, take no prisoners or whatever it may be. Um, it's, it's very divisive over here and people have very strong opinions. And I'm surprised at some of the people that support him. I'm, yeah, baffled. But I guess that it's, what if we went back a hundred years? Was it the same conversation, just yeah, with yeah. different people? No, we suggest that uh, I was just over in Italy recently, the last last weekend, and we were, I was having this conversation with my brother-in-law about, you know, what's the point of trying to do things, trying to change things when you have Trump, Putin, mm -hmm. the Italian guy, yeah. Salvini, that are single-handedly destroyed. So there you are trying to for the right reason, try to plant a million corals and yes, <laughs> you know, this madness. Uh, but how, yeah, I, I don't know how, it must be really frustrating though, like even from from trying to do, to make those changes and then new laws come on because he's decided it's a good, uh, it's a good idea to, to whatever he's doing today. I know every day is something new. I admittedly um, start to ignore it because it be you could become, you could walk around with anger in your chest. And I think a lot of people have done that. It's going to heat up during the election year and the upcoming election year. And the opposing party has got to get a strong candidate. Otherwise, there's so many right now. Otherwise, he has a good chance of winning again. I believe that the people that support him don't necessarily support him. They just don't support the other pool of candidates so he's emerged as this one singular answer so they go that route rather than people don't want to hear I, if you it, and some people don't even know why they believe things they just want to argue for the sake of arguing they'll just say they we're not an informed society all the time we throw the headline out there we don't read the small print so I think people need to stop and pause and think about if you choose this one route, what's going to happen 10 years down the road? And we don't. And when it comes to environmental, I saw something that I, you don't have time to keep up with it, but I saw something that Trump saves, preserves some national land. I don't know if that's true. I, I just think we have to be more informed about everything. And I wish we, that I hope that the Democratic Party um, presents a strong candidate i really do it's people are frustrated and yeah. it's the humanity side that people some people put their bank account ahead of humanity that yeah. well my stocks are doing well i'm like well, how can you even justify that yeah. but they do because they have to worry about their own they have to worry about their own four walls and and i can understand that but we have and then some people think, well, we're not going to be here in eight years anyway <laughs> because of the climate. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, there's a lot that goes around. There's a lot of, you know, things that aren't true. And I wish people would be more informed and listen to the other side yeah. and try and understand. That Absolutely. would be a great thing. If we could do that. Absolutely. And then, uh, so the beauty in the world by Macy Gray, it's really what we're talking about. Look at the beauty in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I sing that song automatically in my head all the time. I, I'm looking outside a window now at my garden and I think about that all the time. That song, I just think it's a happy song. And when you do get frustrated by the political climate or the status of the environmental climate, you can, there is a lot of beauty in the world. There's so much good and 
there's a really great there the the website humans of new york i think sometimes uh puts a spotlight there's everybody has a story there's some beauty some sadness too but i love that song i just think it's if you stop and sing that song or look at things individually there's a lot of beauty in the world don't get overwhelmed by what you feel is overwhelming and you can't deal with So just before we wrap it up, and one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you is was because uh, we met, we only met for whatever, a couple hours over the period of a few weeks you were here. Um, but just remember the conversations we had, they were very interesting, they were very positive, there was very, there was optimism in your in your stories and it wasn't so, we were just talking about everything and, yeah. and uh, whatever urban decay or whatever it may yeah. be <laughs> but but then i when i start to look in just before this conversation like if going forward like you know you're now great you're in 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 a, in a space with with uh involved with national geographic bbc and all of that which hopefully will bring more interesting yeah. projects that will make a difference somewhere along the line so yeah. this is only the start of it What's the dream project if if you were to ask if you were to turn around tomorrow and say to BBC or or National Geographic, look, I have my man, I have my man ready to go. Let's do something together. What would you be? Because I know you're very keen on the environment and and. Yeah, uh, I think that there would be. I would love to do a series on the 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 my own two hands type of thing. What people are doing so that you don't feel. And worldwide, because I think that you can you can generalize a country of their habits or their behaviors of what they're doing that are negative, but there are people always within a community that are making a difference. And I think it would be interesting to showcase that. But really what I'm doing now, there's some stuff. If we can get the common man, so to speak, and I don't mean that in a, mm -hmm. an intellect way, but to understand that they can, for example, with the corals, they can go on an excursion, pay, but make a difference, but there's an entertainment value. They can buy something that gives back. Uh, just seeing be that they become more citizens, global citizens, and realize that everything you do has an impact, but you can do it in an enjoyable way. That. I think I'm doing it now. I think I'm on, headed in that direction. It's kind of, uh, I don't, you can make anything happen. I don't know. I've never thought about what my, my dream job has always been to travel, to write, to just sit with people. I don't covet material things. So I guess it's not a big house or certain, I think it's experiences for me. And I think I'm getting that now. So as long as I can continue to travel, have my health, Make I don't I'm kind of doing it or yeah, at least yeah. it seems like that's what's been happening. Yeah, There's yeah. not much. I'm good. Yeah. I'm happy. That, that's happy. great. That's great. Yeah. I love. Yeah, I want to save all the animals too. I would like to, You know what I would like to do? I'd like to go to an elephant sanctuary. There's so many that I want to <laughs> see. I think they're amazing creatures. That's one thing I'd like to do. I have never been to Africa, so maybe that will happen. But I think we're I don't know what's next, but that's something I'd like to do too. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what we do then. Just tell me your um, your words of wisdom. Yeah, like your little quote. Okay, I tried to think of this. <laughs> I thought of a few because I clearly have a lot to say. Um, I there's one thing that stuck with me, and I think I heard it on a ritual podcast. It was remember tomorrow, and that is whether you are what you're consuming, whether it's wine or <laughs> yeah, yeah. You remember tomorrow what you're doing. I think that's a good one, and I think that. I always say to Miles, I'm like, lead by example, you kind of, why not you? I think a lot of people assume that if somebody else is going to do it or can do it. And so there's a, I gave three different tidbits there, but those are the things that always yeah, yeah. guide me. Um, remember tomorrow, lead by example and kind of why not me? There's no reason that 
who would have thought that I'm do, able to do what I'm doing now? And I don't know. I, I think you have to ask too. There's, I have reached out to people that you always assume they don't, they're not going to hear your, you or see your message. But had I not posted that, had she not written back to me that Dr. Vaughn's daughter, so many things wouldn't have happened, but she thought, well, no, I'm just going to try. And I've done the same thing with people. I'm just going to let them know that, I'm here, I saw this, or what about this working together? I think people are afraid to try and you just show up and try. The worst thing that can happen is you. You say no. I don't know, maybe you're embarrassed for a few minutes. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's also important is obviously if it's coming from the right place and if, if your question, Always. like if it's, coming for, if it's coming for the right reasons, you're doing it for the right reason, for your passion, for it's not necessary monetary gain, then people are a lot more receptive than that would be so that's that is so true it everything if, if it's rooted in a place of goodness it is in social media back to the beginning if it's if you are doing something with the in, good intent it always most of the time it will come back to you in a positive way and i think i've led with that and again i've had terrible things happen that you know you can there's some i know we're out of time but leading with your no, story no, too, I've, plenty of time. I've done this where I used to your story every time you introduce yourself you create your narrative you create your story and there were times when I would lead with I'm a single parent I'm this I'm that I'm trying to do that is such a smidge of mm -hmm. who I actually am I am this I am that I am so many great things that I do we do it as women all the time I'm so fat I'm this Hmm. But I, I have a friend who's always like, I look great, and I've never heard <laughs> anybody say otherwise. So it's you, you create your narrative, your story with your words constantly. Our, we are just so much more powerful than we realize. With we vote with purchases, we everything we do has an impact, and if we can just realize that the smallest thing can lead to the biggest dream and result, then I think everybody would. I think we'll look back on this time. At, like we were, you know, as always, we'll look like we were cavemen almost, barbaric in some of the things that we did or that we didn't realize our capability, our full potential. Hmm. I, I truly believe that as well. Yeah. So No, and it is. And it's and, and this, this, the idea of this little project is that, uh, you know, what you just told us, then I'll put in the show notes and maybe somebody will buy an excursion to see some... Uh, you know some coral grow and um, who knows you know well, who knows where that the takes us yeah the first one's supposed to be happening in the bahamas but i definitely there's are there coral reefs i know there's a lot of seaweed in ireland i'm assuming there's pretty some reefs that need rebuilt <laughs> i'm sure there's reefs i don't know about coral but we'll uh, we'll find out about that <laughs> please do but i could come save something else there <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> or just spend the summers working from there that's the goal for the upcoming few years for me that's fantastic. So then for your last song, you gave me two options, which was Van Morrison or Miles Davis. And I picked Van Morrison because I thought it'd be a nice fitting way to finish the, the conversation. But I don't know what songs you picked. I love Into the Mystic. I just like Van Morrison. I grew up um, listening. When I first was lis listing my songs, I grew up, my parents always had music on, whether it was Captain and Tennille or the Woodstock album or The Doors. I've always had music and John Denver. But I... Uh, Van Morrison, I don't even know if he was in their rotation, but that's just something you can listen to no matter what. And I remember on my 40th birthday, I had always said that all I wanted to do was go to Ireland and I wanted to listen to music in a pub. And I would say it all the time. And a friend played Van Morrison and said, I know it's not Ireland, but you're in a pub and here's some more. Because, <laughs> yeah, so we listened to that. So I love Van Morrison. It's just, you can listen to him. Everybody likes him. Absolutely. It's fantastic. Well, Danielle Golick, thanks a million for your time and it's been a great pleasure Thank to talk you. to you again. Thank you. We were born before the wind Also younger than the sun And the bonnie boat was one As we sail into the mystic Heart now hear the sailors cry Smell the sea and feel the sky Let your soul and spirit fly into the mist
I don't have to feel 